back with another episode of the 132Bs podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, it's football time. It's back. How are you this yeah. evening, weekend? Yeah, well, a weird mid-afternoon pod for us, which is, yeah, I think, an exciting change of pace. Enjoying what at least I'm calling the last weekend of summer, uh, even though I spent almost all of it inside. The windows open, so that was nice. It was it's that nice end of summer before fall weather. You can open the windows, feel the breeze. Feels like football's back. And despite us saying it's back for weeks now, <laughs> it was it was actually literally back um, for better or for worse as it was this weekend. Uh, but it was as it was just great to be back and have football on TV, uh, windows open, enjoying you know a, a late summer late summer weekend. So I'm in. You know, despite the Badgers' loss, in a relatively great mood, and that uh, I, I guess as well as I can be. And I had a bit of old man uh, epiphany. Oh, this weekend. Oh, um, and maybe I'll get into it a little bit. I'm just going to tease the epiphany because um, we're going to talk about during the, our, our segments. But yeah, doing great, Michael. How how are you? How are yeah? How are last you? week of the summer, we just did the last uh, last dip in the pool. Oh, okay. the pool closes. After today, and yeah, that's it. That's wrapped. Now it's full focus on the fall and football. Like I said, it was a good, it was just a fabulous weekend to have it back, have it on all day, uh, oh, starting on Thursday or Wednesday. I can't even remember. There was just so much football. Yeah. So much football on. And it's great. We had the one, we had the one dark spot that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. but that's what we're here for, and that's what we must do. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, Wisconsin opens the season with a 16-10 loss uh, to Penn State. Really having, I guess, what would you say, two opportunities to come back and win it. It really felt yeah. like a Wisconsin-Iowa game. Yeah. Where, like, just strange stuff happened. Neither team wanted to win. Yep. Uh, and I guess Wisconsin wanted to win less, so it seemed. Yeah. I, I would say that's a that's a general – I like the Iowa comparison. Um this game just seemed like it was going to be it was, it was going to be who had the ball who had the ball <laughs> forget last forget whatever just who had the ball and was like wanted to to get into the end zone and didn't see it and then for a long period of time that was nobody um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was very frustrating game even from not even just from a Wisconsin perspective but an overall perspective just the game watch um it was kind of tough and then, yeah, getting down to being a Wisconsin fan, it, was, it made it even made it even tougher, which we'll we'll talk about. Yeah. In so, so watching the game on TV, uh, you were there. Yep. And it seemed like there was a lot of energy early on, and I think the defense helped keep the energy there till I don't know, uh, almost the second half. Yeah. But into the third quarter, especially after Penn State took the lead on the 49-yard touchdown to uh, Dotson, it just felt like the energy was gone from the stadium. Wisconsin got back in. It took a lead in the fourth quarter, but it, watching, again, watching on TV, jump around happened. Obviously, that you know re-energized it, and then I think we punted immediately afterwards. Uh, or no, we kicked a field goal immediately afterwards. Either way, yeah. um, it, quickly we didn't have the ball again um, afterwards, and it just felt like we weren't able to stay in that kind of opening week. Fans are back, energy, and kind of the nerves caught up, or or the 
the stress of the game. Maybe it was my stress, and I was just projecting onto the TV, Marlo, so I'm asking you who was there. Uh, it seemed like that kind of caught off up to the fans and kind of hung over the game. Did you feel that there? Um, <clears throat> or was that me I did, projecting? So <laughs> I, I, I think what we were feeling, or maybe that was coming through on the TV, it was the crowd was electric, right? Everyone was going yep. to be back. Um, and as the game wore on, especially that first half when nobody scored, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of, oh, and then that nervous energy started coming through of when are we, like, you know, when are, when are we going to start playing football? When is this, like, when are we should take over this game? Because um, even throughout the game, I don't think we're going to talk about it, but that throughout the game, like, uh, it's, if you look at that game, and this is, I was doing this yesterday for no reason. Yeah. Um, but I found myself at the game looking at the s- stats and wondering how are we losing or how are we going to lose mm-hmm. when if you look at the stat line, there's no reason besides we got all the good stat, every pretty much won the stat game except for the ones that count, right? The score at the end of the game. And yeah, well, yeah, scoring the turnover. Yeah, yes. Yeah, those are those are too important. Those are two yeah. very important <laughs> stats uh, when it comes to it. So I think it was that nervous energy of... You know, when like we're here to cheer, but when is, when is this going to take over? And so, I feel like the crowd was still in it, but it it came to a point where it was just it was like, all right, well, when are you guys going to get in it? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's that's kind of what I felt, and then it did get nervous towards the end, especially when we were when we were down. Um, watching from home, the one I guess the funniest part of the broadcast was they were like, oh, we're going to bring jump around in its entirety, yeah. you know, to you, and then they just didn't go to commercial break. Oh man, and I don't. I just don't think the Fox producers knew that they did the student <laughs> section race <laughs> beforehand. Yep, and they just kind of sat there and watched the students cheer for the student race, the student yeah, section which race. has to be electric TV. And like, so you're just you know they show this section O, they're doing O, and people are just kind of like standing around and waiting, and they're, they're not talking; they're just like waiting to take it in. And it was just you know whatever. And you're at the stadium; it feels the same, right? You're like, okay, let's yeah. get this over with. Like, let's go. We're doing jump around, uh, but it they just didn't know. And it was like three minutes of just like this kind of quiet student race noise in the background. <laughs> you're watching the stand, and like I knew it was happening, right? But yeah. I would imagine if you had never seen a Wisconsin game or, or whatever, and you're just tuning in the broadcast, you would have no idea what was happening. Uh, and it was hilarious. And then finally, jump around happened, and it was electric. And I'm you know jumping around in my basement, you know, like I'm there. And you know, yeah. at least here, I don't get you know scolded by the people next to me if I stop halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so you kind of we mentioned some of the stats. I'll start off with what's we're gonna mix it up a little bit because I don't want to end on the ugly. Uh, yeah. Normally we do the good, the great, the bad, the ugly. We're gonna flip it because it was a loss, and just because I don't want to end on the bad. Um, and we'll talk about. I think this. My bad is gonna be what we talked about the turnovers. The main reason mm-hmm. I think we didn't win this game. The stat line that we didn't win. Um, and I'm actually gonna focus on the red zone, which I think captures two of the turnovers two and a half of the turnovers because one of them we did recover um and this is just and the uh, opposite of wisconsin football right we're the team that gets in we uh you know do the blocking we do the tackling we do the you know the small things to win games and in this game especially in the red zone we did all the things to lose this game Uh, i think first drive we're down at the two yard line we had the false start and then the false start on the two right brought us back to uh first and goal from the seven 
didn't get anything going. Then the punt was or the field goal was blocked. So there we get have a red zone trip with zero points. Next time in the red zone, we fumble and it gets recovered by fumble on the handoff gets recovered by uh, Penn State. So two trips into the red zone in the first half, zero points. I mean, at a minimum, right there, you're at halftime. We should have been up minimum 10-0 in yep. a, norm, a normal game. And then we have control of the game, and everything went from there. Uh, in the second half, we fumbled again in the red zone uh, when we were on the one-yard line. Uh, we recovered that one, thank goodness, but didn't get a touchdown out of it. Uh, and then ended up scoring the one touchdown at some point during the, or I guess early in the second half, right? It was uh, early half, half, yeah, right halfway half through the third time. quarter. Yep. Um, so one of four in red zone. That's just not what we expect. Um, and one of them I'll talk about a little bit more when I talk about the offensive line in the fall start. Uh, but I guess two of those, the interception and the fumble, you can directly relate to uh, Graham Mertz. So my bad is kind of half the red zone offense, half Mertz. Uh, throughout this game, Marlo, I just thought he's not ready to win this game. He's not ready to win this game yet. That was before the interceptions at the end of the game. Um his stat line finished 22 of 37, 185 yards, two picks, uh, and two fumbles, one of them lost. <sighs> when the game was done, I fired off a tweet, or not a tweet, a, a, a message to the group. I was hot, and then yeah. I thought, I need to stop letting my, this is my old man epiphany. <laughs> I shouldn't let my emotions be uh, affected so much by 20-year-olds playing football. <laughs> Yep, yep. So I've kind of backed off a little bit. Time has passed. Uh, so I've come, kind of come off the ledge of just being frustrated at the game, frustrated at the uh, you know the performance that Wisconsin put out there. Um, and time has passed. And I've, I don't want to say I've come around on Mertz's performance. It was bad. But I think those fumbles don't happen. Uh-oh. Ever. Oh, no, I, I, so he had those bad things. And then he also tackled uh, uh, Maluzzi on one of the plays. So he, I don't know if he got credit for that tackle, but he tripped them. <laughs> it just looked like two guys who this was the first time they played a game together. I don't think those things are going to happen again. Uh, this is why you normally start out the season against Ball State instead of Penn State. Um, I think those things get ironed out in that sort of game. Uh, but Mertz didn't look ready to win this game. I don't think we need to write him off like it seems like a lot of people are. Um, yeah. I think he was... In the end, he almost led them down the field twice. Sure, he had an interception to kind of seal the game twice, but I don't know. He got him in a position to win and then couldn't execute that final throw. On the, on the drive where he threw the interception, uh, when he had Ferguson going uh, across the middle, so his first interception, he just needed to loft that ball more, put it in the back of the end zone, and Ferguson's running under that, and we win. The play before that, he had, I think it was DK in the slot, and he just overthrew him a little bit. Like, those are two plays... In two weeks, three weeks, again, I'm being, I guess, optimistic. I yeah. expect him to be able to make. Yeah. Uh, and he just wasn't ready to make them in this game. I thought uh, early on our play calling was very conservative, and they basically said, we're not going to let Mertz lose us this game, or we're not going to – they just had, they just had very conservative play calling in the first half. They didn't take any shots. They didn't really do anything. And I'll talk about some of the reason why I think that happened in my ugly. Again, okay. using that. Uh, but – it was a bad game. I'm not ready to write Mertz off. Uh, also, the whole broadcast, they were talking about how good Penn State secondary was. And I wonder if at the end of the season, we're going to look back. And I'm doing all my 
silver lining stuff now. I was going to save this for later. Yeah, you really are. You're going deep, but go. Keep going. Okay. Uh, we look back and go, this Penn State defense is really good. And we should have won this game except for these red zone mistakes. Yeah, I can ride with that. And I'll take this time to address the people that you're not one of right now. I thought at one point you were. But you're, you're going every Sunday night, but I'm writing Mertz off, which it was a bad game. We can hand up it was a bad game. You can't throw two interceptions, especially in the end zone. Um, in a game, but you look at it. I think to your point, the play calling was super conservative um, in the the beginning of the game, and then when it was his time where he had to go and press to make it a uh, make it a game or make it a, uh, or make it a game winning drive, uh, he he did very well getting down there and like couldn't finish it off. It sucks that you finished it off with a with an interception mm-hmm. twice, but I think you're right. Like it's 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 there. Um, this team, this Penn State team, you know, I don't. The jury's out. It, it was week one, but it's not like again. This isn't a a Ball State team that we're playing. You know, this is a team that's looking like they're going to vie for the East against Ohio State um, when that comes up. And you know, again, not an excuse that this should happen, but I don't think it's as world terrible. You know, throw it off a cliff, get someone else in there, type of, type of game, right? Yeah. Um, it's not the Chase Wolf era, like yeah, let's, exactly. Let's, let's it's, it's not, we're not there yet, okay? Um, so, you know, and you know, with that said, you look at you look at it, the game like we had forty two minutes of time possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he twenty nine first downs? Like yeah. the, ninety five plays. These are games, yeah. These are games that we should win. And this is game. This is football. This is what happens. Like it doesn't. It just. It could bounce the other way. But you know, it, I'll take that type of production. And you just got to take away the errors, right? It's all about mm-hmm. who's going to make the le- who's going to make the least errors in this type of game. And that's 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 what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right. That's that's my bad. Yep. Yeah. You're bad, Marlo. My bad. My bad. We'll go on the defense side of the ball, and that is with safety coverage. I think yeah. uh, last week you talked about what my what our concerns were. Yeah, uh, for the beginning season that was my concern, and la di da, it had came true right in front of my eyes. Yeah, um, during this game where the defense, defensive line played well, um, linebackers played well, and then there were well, they have they had one long touchdown, another long play, and a few ones they just missed where people were running wide open behind safeties, blown coverage that just weren't there. So it could have been worse than it actually was. Um, but that that was scary. It, it was really scary to see people run that wide open um, this early in the season. So really, we got lucky that there wasn't it wasn't more. But at the same time, it's it's very it was that just goes on my bad list. If you ever, I didn't, I haven't. I just remember sitting there in the in the stadium, and it was clear how wide open that they were mm-hmm. from the get go. Like the coverage was blown from the get go, and you could just see everything open up, and it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, I think you said uh, your concern, uh, to put it more acutely, was when the rush doesn't work yeah. and there's time. You know, can we cover with them? And speaking specifically to and that showed up, like you said, and speaking specifically to the safety coverage, I feel like so many times, I don't want to pick on Scott Nelson, but the way I recall it, it, he just kept creeping up on those play actions. And in a game where we had them 
I, I think at the time, under 10 yards rushing. Yeah. It's like you don't need to creep up so much. Our linebackers, our front seven, are handling it. Like, I know part of our defense is that kind of going downhill, creating the pressure, but you got to be able to release. You got to be able to recognize the play action. And, you know, multiple times Dotson got behind them, some of their other wide receivers. Dotson obviously scoring the touchdown. Um, but, man, it's just. It feels like this happens too often where our defensive backs keep their eyes caught, get their eyes caught in this in the backfield instead of realizing where the wide receivers are going. Part of that scheme, right? You're looking downhill, but part of it needs to be like trusting the players in front of you yeah, uh, to, to make the stop and making sure we don't get hit over the top. And man, we got hit over the top once and you're right, it could have been. It could have been a few more. Um, but luckily, uh, Mr. Confidence Clifford um, didn't Missed missed more than he made, I guess, on those <laughs> on, on those deep throws. All right, Marl, let's stick with you on your ugly. Well, ugly. Ugly is the first half. That first half of football was pretty ugly. Yeah. Uh, and just, again, coming off, you know, first game of the season, back in the stadium, just being so juiced, and then having to sit there through that first half was just... <laughs> Uh, it was, it was, I mean, I still had fun, but it could have been more fun. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was some ugly, ugly football that we, you know, we, we talked about a little bit at the beginning. There was zero points scored. <laughs> there were field goals missed. There were balls dropped at the one. And this is both sides, right? Not, not just in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but just that first half of football to begin the season for that game was just ugly. Yep. Eight punts, one turnover on downs, one missed field goal, one fumble. Uh, what a half! Pretty football's back. Pretty. <laughs> I think I, te- I think I texted out Wisconsin football's back at halftime. Wisconsin football's back. It was uh, it was tough to watch, uh, especially since, like I mentioned, the two the two big mistakes, uh, the missed field goal or the blocked field goal, and then the fumble kind of happening in back to back drives to keep it at zero zero when should have been 10 zero at a minimum there because <clears throat> you like in Wisconsin to score from the one in the uh, or what was it the. Uh, it was like the two and the five. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, we talked about it already. All right. Yeah. First half was tough. Uh, good old Big Ten bar burn, barn burner, 0-0 zero, zero at half. Um, all right. My ugly, um, the offensive line. Um, I this Speaking of things we mentioned last week, this was my concern. You know, would the offense get back up to the kind of the caliber that we had it or expect it to be? And for stretches of this game, the first half, when the run game was going, when uh, Shea was going off, uh, it seemed like they might be back. But then, especially when we got into uh, passing situations, uh, and I think why they didn't open up the playbook earlier was because of the offensive line. Because especially the left side of the line just got beat time and time again on pass blocking assignments. Mertz didn't really have time to read his progressions, establish deep routes. He was under pressure um, constantly. And I think if you go back and look at a couple, not necessarily the interceptions, um, but the um, some of the misses he had were because of pressure, especially on his backside. We definitely need to see that left side of the offense improve uh, going forward. Or I don't want to say it's going to be a long season, but it's just not going to be the offensive production that we – can see it's going to limit what Mertz can do as it would any quarterback if you're under pressure um so that was I think problematic throughout the game the other thing was 
how they weren't able to, I think, capitalize on our time of possession, the offensive line that is, because it felt like in the first half we were creating holes, we were, you know, um, winning the battle at the line of the scrimmage, and then some point that flipped in the second half, and we just weren't able to get those rushing yards anymore. Our four to six yard gains became one to two, and the holes closed up faster. And normally, you watch Wisconsin games, and those game those holes get bigger as the game goes on. And the opposite happened in this game, and it was very frustrating to watch. And I don't really have a a, a a comment to make aside from it or a, a result to draw from it just aside from noticing that it happened and kind of putting that together with the pass blocking I thought it was a really poor game by the offensive line I think Penn State ended up winning this game at the offensive uh, or on in the trenches so to speak with their defensive line uh, and we need to see better out of this that unit if we're going to be as good as we expect to be yeah I take that I like the uh, the diagnosis I <clears throat> yeah, are we just getting to a point where we just can't expect that offensive line to be? I, you know, we'd be at the days of, oh, we don't even have to worry about the offensive line. We know they're going to be great to where now it's kind of a uh, a concern. I'm worried we're getting there, but we're – so we still have, like, recruit-wise, right? Yeah. We. Sh- my understanding is we still have the talent. It's there. It's just – it feels like a little bit of something's missing. We're not getting that. They're not turning in that kind of top-end talent. I don't want to like, put, you know, press the alarm button yet. But I'm just, I got warning flags up. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit okay. worried that that's where we're going. I don't know that it's a long term thing by yeah. any means. Um, I just think it's long term by I mean, you know, like our, you know, years going forward. Yeah. But for this year, I got some little little warning flags, little red flags up that I'm I'm concerned about again. Kind of back to my excuse making uh, during the bad. Maybe we're gonna look back and be like. Wow, this Penn State defense is really good. They showed a graphic during um, uh, during the game, and they showed their first five games last year versus their last four or whatever it was, where they were owned five and then they won their last four. They had given up like almost forty points in the first five per game, and then in the uh, second half of the last season, they gave up nineteen a game. So vastly improved. They, you know, kind of retooled the defense. So it, again, I'm trying to project what this Penn State team is going to look like later in the season. What you know, it's hard to tell in the first week, but maybe we look back and be like, that was a very tough defensive matchup for us. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this half hoping, right? I'm hoping right, we right, look right. back <laughs> and be like, hey, it was it was Penn State that was good and not that we were bad. I, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of, I want to convince myself of that and cross my fingers and hope that it's true. That's, right. where, that's where I'm at. Yep. Um, all right, good. that was ugly. Yep. So, all right, let's go over silver linings or good stuff, Marlo. Uh, I guess I'll start with this one. Um, mine's simple. It was my favorite play of the game. Uh, Danny Davis's catch on the one yard line. Uh, it was the. It was before the interception. Yeah, it was yeah. third and seven on the Penn State nine. Grammers passes to Danny Davis. Danny Davis is D- Danny Davis beats the cornerback to the inside. Lays out catches a bullet from Mertz gets the first down on the one yard line uh, this is prior to the fumble uh, one of the fumbles <laughs> but uh, this at this moment I was it was three minutes left in the game Penn State had missed their extra point this was our chance to go in and score go up one point by actually converting the extra point and it was my highest point of the game because at that moment I thought we were going to win the game and yep. that was going to be a definitive kind of play a definitive catch to be like this is the highlight of the game 
it was really, really good. Not great because we ended up losing the game, but to see the execution, the throw, the catch, um, the ability to kind of beat the defender and make that catch was was really, really good by Danny Davis. Yeah, highlight of the game up to that point. Um, Very high. My good is staying on the offensive side. I'm going with um, uh, Chaz Malusi. Yeah. The transfer from Clemson got his chance to debut, coming in with 31 carries for 121 yards in our sole touchdown of the game. Um, yeah, it was a surprising. I mean, we you know we knew his transfer from Clemson. This is the first time being able to see him. He became a uh, the workhorse for the day with those 31 carries. Apparently, his previous uh, carries high was eight before. So yeah, I think he had 27 in his career. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, so yeah. So yeah, no, I was gonna see. He's definitely fits the mold of a Wisconsin running back uh, that can you know take a lot of carries. Uh, was able to you know get chunk yards when needed or to get the hard nose couple yards to get the first downs. Uh, keep keep the time of possession on the Wisconsin side. So that was a good piece to see for the first game of the season. Yeah, I was definitely impressed with him. Um, you know, being able to carry thirty one. Th- 31 times, although it seemed like that was the limit they put him at, because then we saw Garendo in there uh, to kind of close out the game, which was a bit frustrating, although kind of looking at it, he had you know almost as long a run at 15 yards and a better average yeah. uh, at 4.3, but it just seemed like he wasn't, it felt like in the game that he wasn't getting uh, the results that uh, Malusi was, um, but it was really good to see Malusi kind of hit the holes strongly and then also break some tackles he's not as big as you I, I guess I didn't know what to expect out of him he's not he's not as big as you would expect for how well he seems to be able to run through contact if that makes sense he runs through contact better than his size might lead you to believe that's probably a better way to put that um, at least in this game uh, it was a very impressive debut um, not to get a little negative on your good Marlo uh, where was Jalen Berger yeah that was the question I kept asking uh, all game. I just figured he was hurt or something, or there was something that I didn't know about that they were talking about on the broadcast. Come to find out later, that was not explained yeah. on the broadcast. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Berger just didn't. It was a it was a football decision, says Chris. Yeah. To so keep it ho- with Masella um, and Garendo. Yeah. Um, so hopefully. I mean, he was he was suited up, just didn't play, um, so it's probably not an injury. Hopefully, it's not a, a sort of a suspension or whatever, uh, and hopefully, he gets out there soon. Uh, and to again continue a little bit negative, um, there was a play where uh, Maluzi almost broke free. It was the fourth and one, got tripped up, got the first down, but I felt like that was a play, or there might be another play that I can't think of where it's like, hey, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Yeah. They break this one. This one goes from being a 15, 19 yard to a 30, 40 yarder. Um, and I felt like maybe that was missing. Yeah. That second maybe, gear. Maybe Penn State's defense is just really good and it wasn't available, but that play sticks out that fourth and one. And he just got tripped up. He just got tripped up. And, you know, he kind of pounded the football, you know, got up like he knew it was a chance. Um, but. 
I just felt like in this game, if we could have just gotten, he had a 19 yard one, which was great. And at that, when he had that 19 yard run, I was like, let's go. We're going to, you know, that was early. It was in the first half. I think that was the drive where we, uh, had the false start and block field goal. Um, that was where I like, okay, we can run these, these guys. We can, we can win this game. That was my early thought. Um, but I, th- so we had that one chunk play, uh, Grendo had a 15-yard play, but like it just felt like we needed, you know, bust a little bit of a bigger one um, to feel like Wisconsin football truly being back. So uh, he had a good game. I just, you know, I guess I'm I'm spoiled, Marlo. I'm spoiled. Yeah, we're all spoiled. All right, let's stick with your great. Uh, my great is being back, fans in the stadium. Um, Having the crowd back, the jump around was electric. We talked a little bit about it, mm-hmm. um, the avid flow of the games with, with fans in there, but it's definitely just good to be back in Camp Randall, back with, with atmosphere, the atmosphere, and back with the fans having a, uh, a presence and a authority over the game. Yeah, it was, it was great to see. Uh, I definitely got a little bit emotional during jump around and just seeing them. Uh, jump around uh, just seeing that on TV again seeing the fans there uh, you know just obviously doing the reminiscing that I'm sure every former Badger does as they watch uh, watch jump around um, was was really cool to see and just just going to the fans and seeing the reactions you know um, again I was watching the broadcast so this is kind of what I got you just seeing you know the joy when we score the the whatever song it is we do when we score a touchdown even though we only got to do that once um all that back. It was just so fun and just adds so much to uh, the experience uh, at home as well as obviously for you there. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll finish with my great. Uh, I'm going to finish on the defensive end. Jack Sanborn was all over the place in this game. Looking at the stats, he only had five tackles and a sack. It feels like he had a lot more tackles than that. Uh, if he didn't make the tackle, he was always in the area. Uh, he was playing alongside, um, I think it's Mascalanis, is, I think, who filled in for him. Uh, Chanel was out uh, on the COVID protocol list or whatever the heck they're calling it. So Sanborn had to play, step up, play big, and he did. He was a man on a mission out there. And kind of anywhere uh, the running back went, the quarterback went, uh, any short pass went, he was there. And I think, you know, highlighted how uh, or was the a bright point of a very bright defense uh, on the day. All right. There it is. Bad, the ugly, go. the good, the great. Doesn't that flow way. as well that way, but <laughs> I feel a little more positive. Yeah, more positive going on. And um, in it that way. Shall we move ahead and take a look at next week's yeah. opponent, Eastern Michigan? Yeah, next week, hosting Eastern Michigan. Marla, what are you... Obviously a game that we uh, are favored in at home against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan coming off of a victory. Um, what are you looking for in this game? What do you expect out of the Badgers? Looking for them to clean it up. Get the get their reps in here. Don't make this a game. Um, you know, really hone in on those... Those mistakes, right? Get the offensive line right. Cut down on the turnovers. Do the simple things like make an exchange, <laughs> uh, a, a handoff exchange, and just have a as flawless of a game as you can, right? With a opponent that is <clears throat> that is lesser than you, that's, and that's what it is. Um, so go out there, do what you're supposed to do, and then get ready for Notre Dame. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Go out, make a point. Uh, I agree with everything you said. All the points uh, that you made there uh, is what they need to focus on. Um, yeah, do what Nebraska did to Fordham. You know, just yeah. go, we're not losing this game. We're making a point. We're getting right for week three. Uh, all right, let's turn away from the Badgers, but let's stay in the Big Ten, Marlo. Yep. Uh, looking at other NCAA football, Big Ten. Uh, I guess this was the opening game for me. I didn't watch anything on Wednesday. I think they were game Wednesday, but none of them were ranked. None of them were in the Big Ten, so I didn't watch them. Uh, So opening game for me was Ohio State with a comeback and I guess convincing win in the end over Minnesota. Uh, Marlo, I guess my first question, two questions. One is, who are you rooting for in this game? Did did it change or surprise you? And then uh, did you take anything of significance away from the result um yeah i mean i think i, I sort of leaned towards I, I can't say i was rooting for ohio state i was just rooting for minnesota to lose right yeah um, who are you rooting yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, you i felt it was more important more. to have a loss in the west side than right than have you yep. than, than have an ohio state loss um so yeah that that's where that's where my allegiance started to line um especially as Minnesota was up at halftime and it, like PJ Fleck was in full effect and could find every camera he, f- he could see. Yeah. And just all over. So, yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you. Uh, I find myself being extremely annoyed that Minnesota's winning. I'm pretty sure that that uh, PJ Fleck lookalike who was behind the stage uh, was actually PJ Fleck. I don't think he went in. I don't think he went in the locker room. He just went and stood behind the game day stage or whatever it was uh, and just stood there. Uh, and not that I wanted Ohio State to win, but it would have been really annoying. And as you to have Minnesota win, as you mentioned, a win for a team in the Big Ten West, which now we seem to really have to worry about. Um, do you did you take away anything from the results of I guess Minnesota keeping it winning at halftime and keeping it close, or Ohio State coming I, back I, and winning comfortably? The way I took it in this. You know, I, I think this goes back. Like this is what Ohio State does. They make adjustments in the second half. Yeah. Ryan Day, as much as it annoys the hell out of me, he knows how to make adjustments in the second half. And they had a, you know, they were rolling out there a true freshman. Was he a redshirt or a true freshman? Anyway, it's a freshman quarterback. Yeah. First start. Yeah, first start on the road. Big Ten game, right? Took a little bit to to get everything right. And once they were rolling, they were rolling. Um, so, yeah, I basically took away that's what Ohio State does. Minnesota caught some breaks in the beginning, but there's they just weren't able to keep up. Yeah, and we've I, been there before. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's kind of a combination. Ryan Day makes the adjustments plus Ohio State. Well, I mean, I guess this is adjustment, right? They just eventually their talent wins out. Yep. Right. And eventually, you know, you can only keep up or you can only cover so many schemes until their elite wide receivers get in space, and that's what happened in this game. Uh, I guess other of note in this game, Ibrahim, uh, the standout running back from Minnesota, did get hurt. He's out for the season, which is just an absolutely crushing loss yeah, for Minnesota. So as much as I like to root against Minnesota and I don't want them to do well, I don't want their players hurt. And that really sucks because he is a really good running back and now he's, you know, out for the season. That really, really sucks. So get well, good recovery. I'm sure you're listening. Yep. No doubt. We'll tag him. <laughs> Imagine if he did, he's like, I'm just, you know, secretly a huge Badger fan. I listen to this <laughs> relatively obscure <laughs> podcast about it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, Shout out to us, Ibrahim, if you do. 
All right. Uh, all right. Other Big Ten game. Uh, Iowa crushes Indiana. Marlo yeah. is Iowa the favorite of the Big Ten West. Oh, God. It sucks. But, I mean, as of right now, yes, they are. And there's no worse season than when, when Iowa's in the chase for the Big Ten championship, Big Ten West. <laughs> there's like this, you know, it's a, you know it's a shitty season when that's, when that's the case. Like, even when Northwestern creeps up there, like, it's like, okay. But, like, for some, when Iowa is creeping around up there, it's just not, not fun. But as of right now, they are favorites. Is Indiana any good? We don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows yet. But, um, but all we know is what we have on week one, and those are the results. Yeah. Yeah. This, I went in this game going, oh, I'm interested to see if I was good or Indiana, if Indiana can repeat what they did last year. Yeah. And I've... Did, I was like, oh, I'll find out in this game. And now I feel even less. Like, if it was closer, I feel like I would have learned more somehow. Yeah. Um, but it's possible Indiana just isn't good. And I, <laughs> and I would just beat them. Oh, it's possible I was really good and just beat a relatively good Indiana team. Um, I think Indy hopes that Indiana had of challenging for the East is, are, are gone. Yeah. You know, with this kind of result. I'm, I can't imagine. I mean, not not only just like winning the games, but just like having a prospect of being like, hey, maybe you know we'll get lucky. Ohio State will trip up. Maybe we can beat them. That kind of thing. I I don't see that happening anymore. And I think their fans had an idea out of that. And I think yeah, I was, I'm sure betting favorite to win. I mean, obviously they're game up, but not only that, just the way the result looked uh, was very impressive. And they got a tough one next week, so we'll learn even more about Iowa. Uh, last Big Ten, Marlow, Illinois not back. Nope. They didn't get to play the cream puff that is Nebraska again. <laughs> Instead, they ran into the powerhouse that is uh, UTSA. Yeah, the Roadrunners, uh, right? Oh, the Roadrunners. Yep. Okay, I thought I missed yeah. that out. UTSA, which we found out is in San Antonio. Yeah, University of Texas San Antonio. No idea. Uh, but yeah, they they figured out they figured out a way to beat Illinois. So Bielma uh, is now one and one. And yeah, Illinois not back. Not big. I feel like there was either it was either a Texas school or a California school that had the initials of the city or the two you know the two letters afterwards, and we got really confused. Like we got <laughs> guessed totally wrong in uh, I think like an NCAA tournament uh, basketball uh, podcast or something. I can't remember what it was, I but can't remember. yeah. So I'm, I'm you know pretty sure we looked up the right one, and it is San Antonio. But yeah, <clears throat> Illinois losing. Uh, yeah, I don't. It just makes Nebraska look even worse, I guess, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. And uh, I think just shows that it's not as easy as just getting good old uh, Brett Bielema in there. It might be a little bit longer for them to you know, really compete. So obviously we'll see how they do in the Big Ten, but not great to lose a non-conference game. I think I saw they were the, they were, they've lost five games to non-Power 5 conferences, Illinois has. Sheesh. In the last like nine years, <laughs> and they're like the only only school who's done that. So good job by them. Good job. All right, let's turn away from the Big Ten onto the national stage, Marlo. Yeah. And I guess the marquee game of the week: yeah. Georgia Clemson five versus three. Um, Georgia wins ten to. Th- it was rank five. Georgia versus rank three. Clemson. Georgia wins ten points to three points. Uh, zero points were scored on offense, Marlo. Yeah. Talk about. You know, zero points scored on offense. I, I don't care. That was it was a crap game. I don't care what you say. Um, you could call it a defensive battle, defensive whatever. It was just a junk game. And if that was, I mean, 
Never mind. I won't get into it. But yeah, Clemson obviously lost a lot. Yeah. Um, that has come to show. And then, you know, Georgia. Did you, I guess the question is, did you learn anything about these two teams in this did game? I, um, n- I, I got, in a sense, yes, because I don't think e- either of them are good enough to beat Alabama. Right. Is what I learned. That was, um, take. that was my take too. <laughs> yeah, which we'll talk about Bama next. But I went into this game, and sure, maybe they both have historically great defenses, as we hope Penn State is. Um, but you have to be able to score points. And Nick Saban's on record saying, like, you used to be able to win with defense. In today's college football, you have to win scoring points. And both these teams proved essentially they couldn't do that against really good other teams, but. I mean, neither team looked like they wanted to score. Uh, it looked like uh, DJ was a huge step down for Trevor Lawrence and just not ready for it. Um, JT, I think, uh, Georgia's quarterback, a lot of mistakes. Neither team got a run game going. I mean, if they're supposed to be upper echelon teams, I would have expected <laughs> offensive points. Yes. Yeah. Regardless of how good the defenses are. Right. So 100%. I I think we learned in that, um, but I still think Clemson's going to win the ACC. I still think Georgia can go on to play and lose a SEC championship. <laughs> but I don't like in my like <clears throat> both these teams. Even Georgia beating Clemson, which should be right, they should be like, oh, this is a team. They're like after coming off a game like that, you would think, hey, their stature or your expectations or their odds to win an NCAA championship have gone up. But it didn't feel like that to me after right. this game. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%, 100%. Which, is, which is really weird um, to come from such a high-profile high profile matchup. And sometimes even when a team loses this, you go, oh, I still feel pretty good about Clemson. You know, they lost to Georgia. It was a tough, close game. I don't feel that way at all. I feel worse about Clemson uh, than I did. Both. I feel worse about both these teams coming to it, even though Georgia won. Um and I guess that's in the backdrop of Alabama completely crushing Miami, which I don't think yeah. was a surprise. Except if you're a Miami fan and you're, Miami was back again. Yeah, except if you're that one car dealer who spent however much money. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, man, I spent all this uh, just to lose. But yeah, the Bama one we all saw coming at the, uh, coming around. There's reloading. New quarterback, new everything. Yeah. Same old banner. Matter doesn't matter um and i mean i don't i don't think miami's gonna be good i think whether they were they ranked 14th 15th something like that mid-teens uh i don't think they're that good of a team this year um and alabama just you know the machine grinds on and put up points show they can play defense um just look like the best team in the country and obviously uh given what we said about georgia clemson a moment ago i think Odds on favor. I I was the most impressed with them uh, out of everybody uh, opening weekend with, you know, I guess we didn't put in here Oklahoma kind of struggling against, uh, are they the one who played Tulsa? Whoever they played. They made it pretty close. Um, All right, Uh, next up. Next uh, up. Virginia Tech beats North Carolina. Probably wouldn't have cared if it wasn't on Friday, but it was on Friday. Right. 100%. So we all watched. Um, forget the guy's name already. 
the North Carolina quarterback. Yeah. But they just uh, the broadcast just decided to make him a Heisman hopeful throughout the game, even though he was not even close. Um so, yeah. So yeah, North Carolina, highly ranked team because I don't know why. I got beat down by Virginia Tech. Yeah. Top ten. Again, overranked shouldn't have been top ten. Uh, I think they had two running backs that were drafted, a wide receiver that were drafted in, I think, like the top four rounds. They weren't first round picks, but I think they were second through third round. Um, and I think you saw that kind of bear out uh, with Sam Howell having trouble moving the ball down the field. Uh, this game, I guess the highlight for me was when they Virginia Tech did their, their ju- equivalent to jump around their tradition thing was at the beginning of the game. And just to see just the pack stands and you know uh, everybody cheering and in their two different colors of oranges slash maroon was really cool to see and just was kind of the first moment of like oh college football is back <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really cool um, it's interesting to see how good Virginia, Virginia Tech ends up being they played Notre Dame in a couple weeks uh, as I've kind of keyed in on Notre Dame's schedule last week uh, and North Carolina again as disappointed as, as I was in, in Clemson I was more disappointed in North Carolina, and that's the reason why I think. And Miami. I mean, the ACC looked terrible this weekend. Absolutely terrible. Um, so I still think Clemson's going to be able to walk away with that. Um, Oklahoma played Tulane, not Tulsa, Tulane. Ended up winning 40-35. to 35. I, It was late points, but Tulane did come back and make it interesting. Uh, all right, next one, Marlowe. Texas is back. Beating uh, Louisiana 38-18. to 23rd-ranked Louisiana. Ah, uh, good job, Texas. They better be back after the bull they pulled off going to the SEC. So, um, yeah, Texas, Texas back. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think Louisiana, they hate, look, the Raging Cages might be a fine team, but they were ranked 23rd because they had a good season last year and a really weird COVID year. I don't think in any other follow-up year they would be ranked 23rd. Uh, so I it's weird that the Texas kind of got a ranked win here, um, in my estimation. Um, not that I, you know, really know who the 23rd best team in the country is, but I think my logic makes sense. Uh, and I think Texas is going to be pretty good. All pretty right. good. All right, next one, Marlo. This one hurts a little. I don't know. Does it hurt? Uh, Jack Cohn leads Notre Dame to a 41-38 win over Florida State, Marlo. Uh, Jack Cohn going for uh, career best four touchdowns he had 366 yards um it was i don't i'll ask you first marlo how did you feel watching uh jack cone and notre dame um good for jack that's what i that's what i felt like good for jack watching that he had the game of his career so far um anyway shape form great games had uh, can't take anything away from that um, my biggest thing, my biggest thing was I was just surrounded by people in the sphere, in the internet sphere, in my personal space of just how, with that one performance, because it was, was it what was yesterday? Yesterday was Sunday. <laughs> Sunday yeah. night, only game, Notre Dame. He has a great game, and now he's winning whatever breakup we had with him. Um, and that's fine. Again, it was against a Florida State team 
unranked Florida, an unranked Florida State team, which nobody has Florida State doing anything. So, you know, good for Jack. Good for Jack. But I don't. I, I would. Um, I I will press pause to say like that's not going to be every week. Yeah. Well. Okay. First of all, regarding the, I guess, the breakup, whatever you want to call it, Jack Cohn uh, transferring out of, uh, out of Wisconsin, Mertz being uh, named the starter. Uh, friend of the friend of the pod, uh, Asher Lowe, just before we recorded, put out an uh, article on this. Um, really good piece. Um, it is on the uh, Badger Wire USA Today. Uh, go check it out. Uh, it's opinion piece was headlined Wisconsin had no choice between Graham Mertz and Jack Cohn. It just kind of lays out how I guess it all went all went down uh, and why there was no choice but to move on to Mertz and have Jack Cohn transferred. And it makes total sense and it like kind of just backs up pretty much what we've been saying in the pod and, and really lays out there wasn't really an option to keep Cohn and it was best for everybody for him to move on. I'm really want him to do well it sucks that he's on notre dame because yes. i don't want notre dame to do well but i want him to personally do well so that's hard to rationalize in my head uh and it was really fun watching him really fun watching him play well but i just every time he does it's like shit notre dame is also doing well when this happens so i hope he continues to do well um it i i don't think there's a point to sit there i guess just read asher's article and just come to the realization you can there wasn't a way to keep Jack Cohn. It was never going to happen. It wasn't like, you know, they flipped a coin. It wasn't like, you know, there was these two divergent paths that they chose to take. This was the only way it could have gone. For reasons he lays out in the article that I'm not gonna repeat here because that's like plagiarism or something. Um but as long as you give him credit, you're fine. Yeah. It's uh we're where we are and I hope that, you know, Notre Dame's quarterback and Wisconsin's quarterback both do great. So um, I'm going to try and enjoy it as much as I can while still hoping Notre Dame loses somehow. And I have to fight with that all year. Uh, couldn't he just gone somewhere that I could like root for? Like, I don't, I don't know where that would be, but like go to Stanford and I can like, yeah, yeah. Then we can root for Stanford, Stanford to win or, you know, go to, I don't just not, just not Notre Dame, just not another big 10 team. So, uh, but of course of all years for Wisconsin and Notre Dame to play each other, of course we play this year in two weeks so great great uh all right last thing uh pac 12 they play football over there marlo was it a good weekend because us ucla beat lsu or a bad weekend because washington lost to somebody i didn't write down well i mean i think it's a good weekend because ucla beat lsu anytime you beat a SEC, sec team especially in lsu um you know that goes a long way chip kelly's got the Got the Bruins rolling. His 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 offense is back, yeah. Um, and you know, and, and winning games. So, you know, how good is LSU? I don't know, but the name brands there, um, the two name brands there, yeah, UCLA getting back in the line, life going over a SEC team at, at LSU. Okay, Washington lost to Montana. So that's who they that's who they lost to. And um, yeah, I guess the other bad news was Oregon lost their defensive lineman linebacker. Their best defensive player, who's supposed to be like the number one draft pick, he got hurt. Uh, I, he was in a walking boot. I don't know if it's been announced how long he's out for. So that was bad. They did hold on to beat Fresno State 31 to 24. And we'll talk about them more in a moment. Uh, so I guess, yeah, high profile win, probably better than a low profile loss of a, you're probably what, third best team? Yeah. All right. If 
that was week one, Marla. What a weekend Oof, it was. Week. If, if only we were so lucky to get these kind of games all week. Um, I mean, we're going to get games, but yeah, it was it was quite the lineup. All right, let's look ahead to week two, Marlo. Um, we already talked about Wisconsin against Eastern Michigan. Uh, let's look, I guess, outward then. Not a lot outside of the Big Ten, so all of my kind of ideas for game of the weeks, unless you go off the board here on me. Um, Oregon is at Ohio State. Um, that is the big noon game of the week. Uh, then we have Iowa, Iowa State. So Battle of the Corner, whatever they do there. And then the nighttime, primetime ABC game took a hit with Washington losing to Montana. Washington <laughs> versus Michigan. Um, it's still going to feel cool to see those two teams out there. Like to see those colors and playing each other will, you know, it will feel Rose Bowl esque, I think, watching it. But definitely not the marquee matchup I'm sure they thought they were getting uh, when they wrote it down on the schedule. So uh, I guess not to take away what game I think is the game of the week, Marlo, but. Which game is the one you're most interested in, and why? Um, if you want to be honest, I think Iowa, Iowa State. I am interested in uh, for the reasons we talked about with Iowa. Are they good? Is Iowa State good? Because everyone's telling me Iowa State's good, and this game always seems to be. Uh, it seems to go back and forth with the team that's not supposed to win wins the game, yeah. right? <clears throat> uh, so that's I think that is the most intriguing factor. Because the Oregon uh, OSU, it sounds going to pay, but I think I think OSU is going to just run all over them, um, especially yeah. with the with Oregon coming west. I mean, coming east from the west at an eleven o'clock kick, or noon kickoff. It's um, super early for them. Yeah, it's a little early, and uh, yeah, no one cares about Washington, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look cool. Well, yeah, let me tell it'll you. look cool. It'll look cool. You're going to watch it. It's going to be on ABC. Uh, yeah, Iowa State is coming off. Only a 16-10 to 10 win over uh, Northern Iowa, and I think Northern Iowa had a chance uh, to put more points on the board there. So uh, lackluster start for Iowa State, and obviously we talked about Iowa beating the snot out of Indiana. Yeah. Um, that game was 34-6. to six. So I guess that means going into this, it seems like Iowa should win, which means Iowa State would win based on those results, although Iowa State will be the higher-ranked team regardless. Um, probably the highest profile this game's ever been i would have to think because i was going to be a top be a top 15 team and iowa state's going to stay in the top 10 so i can't imagine at least not in our lifetime that there's been a time where this matchup was two top 15 teams at least that we can remember and there's no way to look this up so uh, <laughs> there you go there it is. Uh, but i th- i think you're right oregon ohio state is the matchup of the week uh not only because i apparently have both these teams in my playoff which I didn't know they were playing each other when I picked that. But I think this loss, like the Georgia-Clemson game, isn't necessarily an elimination game, right? If Oregon's only losses to Ohio State and vice versa, it's not going to eliminate them uh, from the playoff, especially if they go on to win their conference and especially if it's close. Um, I wasn't super thrilled with Oregon, and I just think Ohio State has too much talent, is the home team, and has your favorite master of the uh, adjustments, Ryan Day, uh, and they'll find a way. You know, Ohio State will freaking win. And but it, you know, I'm. It, it's another top ten matchup, right? Uh, they're eleventh. They're going to be top ten though because they won and UNC lost. So it'll be a top ten matchup, uh, which I'll take. I'll take that on a, a big noon kickoff. Nice. Not as exciting as a slight 
And then we do have a Pac-12 after dark game that I already forgot who it was. Somebody's playing. Somebody's playing USC. Just yeah. Uh, Stanford. Okay. Stanford USC. There you yep. go. Stay up late for that. All right. Woo. Uh, that's that's college that's football. College football. I can't uh, imagine every week's going to be like that. But that was yeah. Fun. Well, yeah. We we had to bathe in it. At first week, we always bathed in it pretty deep. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Should we move on to the pros because I guess let's, NFL let's, starts it's, next. Sunday. You know, like the college Thursday. football, Thursday it starts, uh, Tampa Bay-Dallas on Thursday. I always thought there'd be, like, more time. <laughs> I guess that's because we took a couple of weeks off. Maybe we would have more time if we didn't take those weeks off. But I yeah. thought, I just like, hey, the week before, I'll be ready. We'll have this big preview. And then I just, I never prepared for it. And I, <laughs> it just, I never put it on here. We found other things to talk about. Obviously, college football started this week. So I don't have, like, a huge NFL preview plan. But let's just look at our, look at week one. Let's take a week at a time. Bears, Sunday night football, Marlo, prime time. Yeah. Against the Rams. So first, how do you feel about being on prime time? Prime time week one, man. That's so long to wait for your game. <laughs> that's so long to wait for your game for week one. Um, and then, yeah, playing the Rams, a familiar, uh, a familiar. I wouldn't say foe, but um, quarterback, a familiar quarterback. Yeah. Uh, just different team here. It's, so it should be interesting uh, what this is going to turn out. Obviously, the Andy Dalton era, <laughs> God, it's hard to say, uh, will be on full effect. Um, and honestly, I have no, I don't know, I don't know, I can't even tell you expectations because I think LA is supposed to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, where the Bears are at, you know, I, the defense, I'm not concerned about. I'm more, like, always concerned about what Andy Dalton's going to do with this offense. And is the clock going to start ticking this season for Justin Fields? <laughs> so, that's uh, those are my my main concerns going into Week One. Yeah, all I've heard about the Bears is well, obviously the quarterback situation, but also their offensive line is terrible. Yeah, and the main thing to know about the Rams is they have Aaron Darnold. Right, <laughs> not a good rest. Not a good. So not great, not great. I'm sure they have other players. Um. But that would be my my main concern. I do you think Fields is gonna so I guess not start. When do you th- do you th- okay, let's do when do you think Fields is going to play first? Do you think he's gonna play in this game? No. I don't think barring barring, yeah. Yeah. barring if there's some. no injuries, we're gonna assume no injuries. Yeah. No. So do you think he's gonna get in two games before he becomes a starter. And what I mean by that is, let's say he comes in the second half of a game and then he's the starter next week. Or is it just going to be at some point, he's not going to get any playing time until he's now the starting quarterback? Yeah, barring injury, I don't think he's going to get any time until he's the starting quarterback. Okay. That would be it. And I think they're just trying to get to the Andy Dalton revenge game at Cincinnati. <laughs> and then after that, it's up for grabs. The revenge game. <laughs> when is that? I think it's week three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. It's a tough start. Tough start. I would not want. I don't know. I guess you got to play the Rams at some point, right? Got, yeah, you got to play the games at at the Rams. You, I guess you'd maybe want to get that in during the Dalton era before the Fields era could begin. So yeah. maybe it's a, a blessing in disguise there. Um, okay. Any other Bears things? It's just I. It's just all about the quarterback. Yeah, it's all about the or quarterback la- or lack thereof. It's all about the quarterback. NFL. It's what it is. 
All, All right. right. Packers. Week Packers one. week one at New Orleans, but week not really. It's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Uh, apparently, they picked this because it's hard for Packers fans to get to, I guess. They were like, hey, let's be. This was. I read this was part of the reasoning is why they picked Jacksonville, even though it's you know as easy to get to Jacksonville as any other warm place. I don't understand why that was, yeah. but and not to mention all the snowbirds are down there anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not like I didn't understand that, but um, against New Orleans, Packers are going to welcome in the Jameis Winston era for the Saints. Uh, I, I mean, I have expectations for this game, Marlo. Uh, the how, weird thing is. Basically, Matt LaFleur doesn't believe in the preseason, so we haven't really seen anything from the Packers. So it's hard to kind of go off of anything other than how they were last year. They're bringing back all the main pieces of last year. Uh, Bakhtiari's hurt. That's probably the biggest concern. He's he's on the pup list, so he's out at least six weeks, uh, which is a big loss, obviously, uh, an all-pro left tackle. You'd rather have that than not. I think Jenkins is going to fill in there, who's – Talented and can he's good enough to play anywhere, but you don't want left tackle is a different thing, right? Than just playing right tackle, the guard positions, being out there at left tackle. That's probably the biggest concern going into this. Um, New Orleans still has talent all over the field. Uh, they're just thin. It's just kind of like after their stars, and this is kind of what they've been rolling with, right, is they've kind of tried to get everything out of the end of the Drew Brees areas. They've re-signed everybody. They put out huge contracts, real or imagined, as is the case with Taysom Hill. Um, so maybe you want to catch New Orleans later in the year, but we're lucky, I guess, at a, we're not having to go into the Dome uh, to play them, so that's a benefit. Um I just kind of, going off of the team last year, I just kind of expect to do well, but I haven't seen them play. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to be an issue or not. I don't think I've seen Aaron Rodgers in pads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since the uh, championship game. So I, I believe he's been practicing. I guess I've seen pictures of him in, a pa- in pads. His helmet probably wasn't on, but I expect to win just off of last year and kind of where I expect these Packers to be. But I don't know because I haven't seen it, and the defensive has looked really bad in the preseason. But again, Matt Lafleur doesn't care about preseason, so yeah. it's yeah. just hard to take anything, uh, anything away from that. And I just hoping Jameis Winston still throws the ball to linebackers <laughs> is what I'm hoping continues to happen, and we can take advantage of that. Should be good. Although I think it'd be fun if he was good on New Orleans. That would be fun except maybe not in this game yeah but after this game he can be good okay <laughs> deal deal all uh, right who we got packers winning the north uh yeah now aaron's back packers packers winning the north that sounds about right have you been it's been really hard to kind of figure out what records are with the 17th game yeah just every time i hear it it's weird and like my mind like I can't turns, wrap my head. Starts doing pretzels head around it. Yeah, it's like wait, okay, there's nobody's gonna be eight. Okay, twelve and five. Are you winning the division at twelve and five? <laughs> are you a wild card? You know, thirteen and four seems way worse than thirteen and three. Somehow, it all seems very strange, and it's just gonna take a little while to get to get used to. Um, I think it's gonna take twelve wins to win a division, unless you know you're the NFC East. 
So I don't see the Lions aren't doing it. Lions I don't aren't see doing it. I don't see the Bears doing it with the flux at quarterback and however that's going to play out. And I just, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins in the Vikings to do it. So that just leads me to the, and again, I'm just trying to. Obviously, I want to pick the Packers. I'm a Packer fan, but I'm trying to like wrap my like. If it's not the Packers, who else is it? Right. No, I I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't think the other teams, Detroit, Chicago, are ready to step up. In Minnesota, yeah, like you said, you have Kirk Cousins. So, and they just seem to be as good as they've been the last few years, which isn't bad. They're not a bad team, but they're good. But they're not. They're 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 like a pretty good team. But they've been that for like I don't see anything different about this year, and they haven't been able to win. Yeah. And I don't see the Packers being demonstrably worse, slightly worse. Sure, I can see them regressing in some areas. Obviously, Bakhtiari's injury being uh, a very big deal, but um, I just don't know if it's enough for for the Vikings to to overtake them. And then outside of that, I think it's just Justin Fields like getting on the field and just being absolutely amazing for the Bears to win, which I guess is possible. But unlikely. Yeah, possible but unlikely. I think he would have to be really good. Yeah. For that to happen. And I think he'd come out and be good, but maybe not really good. And the Lions are the Lions. If Jared Goff is their quarterback, do we need to say more? No, we do not. <laughs> we do not need to say more. All right. Uh, other NFL games, Marlo, looking ahead to the schedule. We obviously have our games. Your yeah. uh, Monday night, I think, or Sunday night, excuse me, I think Packers are the afternoon game. Um, what else do you see on the schedule that you're uh, that you're looking forward to, if any? Uh, week one, I mean the Cleveland at Kansas City. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember their playoff game where Cleveland got out to a, a big lead, and everyone thought this was it, and then Kansas City put the smackdown on it again uh, to see if Cleveland is for real. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me as I look through the state, and then I guess the other one. I might be stretching here, but uh, Seattle and Indianapolis. Yeah. It, so first of all, there's lots of interesting games this week. Yeah. Um, and I think I just went off the schedule, so good job by me. Uh, Seattle and Indianapolis. Is Wentz playing? I, yeah. I, mean, I thought he was out for like months, and then all of a sudden I'm hearing he's playing now. I don't understand. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, that he's back already. Uh, that's an interesting one. I, it, it's definitely one of the favorites for the early games. Yes, uh, in the early window for sure. Because I'm thinking how good for both these teams. I'm like I have no idea how good to think either of these teams are, uh, and obviously love a chance to watch Russell Wilson play football. Um, that's a good one. I, I'm excited for Dallas Tampa Bay on Thursday night, just to see. Yes, uh, if Dallas, you know, coming off a of hard knocks. Dak back, see if that can be, that can be anything. Um, I guess I'll tell you the one I'm interested in the AFC game. I'm interested in Buffalo at uh, or Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I'm ex- part hoping Pittsburgh and Bethlehem Rossburger are kind of done, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that Buffalo is on the ascendancy. And I would like to see that play out in this game. And Buffalo just beat the crap out of Pittsburgh. I think that'd be really fun, uh, especially if they haven't paid TJ Watt yet. And he's still out. By the way, they named Derek Watt a captain. Ooh. So. Wow. I don't know. Uh, so they have. So Ben's the. So they have, you know, offense, defense, special teams, I presume, because Derek Watt's a captain. Casey Hayward's the defensive captain, and 
Big Ben's the uh, offensive captain. But if they haven't paid TJ Watt yet, then I'm really going to be rooting against him. Um, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of want to see. Like I said, I kind of want Pittsburgh to be done. At least this Big Ben era uh, in Pittsburgh to be done and want Buffalo to win. So I think that was, it's going to be a good game. And then. So maybe I might have listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, like two of them this weekend, and he's really high on Mac Jones, and I really want him to play very bad against Miami. Yeah, I do too. I don't that know why. I don't know why I don't like Mac Jones, but I agree. I just want to be Because if it's it's probably like how Bears fans felt about Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre. It's like, that's not... F- this is what I've heard, especially that one annoying guy in the line outside the bar la- the other weekend. <laughs> it's not fair to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, right? You have to root against that for like 40 years, whatever yeah. to, whatever it is, 35 years. Like, it would suck if New England went from Tom Brady to Mac Jones, who ends up being really good like Tom Brady. That would suck, um, especially if you're a team uh, who, who has struggled um, doing that. There, ESPN has this, like, they simulated the 2021 NFL season a billion times or whatever it is. You know how they do this? Yeah, yeah. Their simulation loves the Colts. <laughs> it, has the, is it has the Colts being 8-1 and one through Week 9. Interesting. And Seattle being 0-8. Oh wow. That seems impossible. It does seem impossible. It has the Texans winning two games. <laughs> <laughs> it it ends up with the Colts being 13-4, and four, but like, there's no way. There's no and there's no way the Texans wins five games this year. It does have the Bills winning the Super Bowl, so you know it's not going to happen. But eight and one, I mean, it's loving the Colts. That's crazy. All right, week one, I'm excited, Marlo. There, yeah, there excited. are good games. Uh, I guess Monday night, Baltimore, Las Vegas. Eh, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> but good games throughout Sunday that I'm really, I'm really excited for. Um, obviously, our teams will be key parts of that. All right, that is it for I think it for NFL, Marlo. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do any other MV- Super Bowl winner, MVP? What do you got? Oh, fuck. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> All right. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. There, there you go. go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um, All right. That was uh, that was football, man. We did it. Did a lot of football, but we never, ever could forget the other football in yeah. America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. The, the football. Um, all right, Corner Kick, uh, we were in a... Uh, International break for some World Cup qualifying, and oh boy, Marlo, U.S. men's national team has been struggling. So they drew against El Salvador down in El Salvador, and then just last night they drew against uh, Canada 1-1. El Salvador was 0-0, and just not a way to start World Cup qualifying. And the draw against El Salvador, I said, it's fine. You know, you draw away at some of these countries, whatever. You got to win your home games, and especially against Canada. They went up 1-0 in the 52nd minute, and it felt like immediate, but it was like seven, eight minutes later. They gave up an equalizer to Canada and couldn't muster anything really going forward again. For the talent that this team has, the U.S. men's national team, to score one goal in two games in World Cup qualifying is just unacceptable. They need to figure it out. They need to start scoring goals. Or... I wasn't worried. I'm still not worried, but let's just say the alarm buttons. It's the drawers open, Marlo. The drawers open. I'm looking at the alarm button. Half to win against Honduras. In that's the next game. It's on Thursday or in two days. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night. You have to win that. Otherwise, I'm starting to get worried about actually qualifying for the World Cup, which seems which isn't something I should even be thinking about right now. But yeah. here we are. Uh, 
So that will end the Wednesday game. At least will end for the United States men's national team. The domestic leagues are back this weekend. Uh, notable games: Leicester City versus Man City Saturday. Leeds against my Liverpool Sunday. RB Leipzig and Bayern in the Bundesliga. So some good matchups this weekend to follow along. Um, I think City's going to win. Man City, that is. Liverpool and Bayern will win against Leipzig, who has had a tough start to the season. So there we go. Uh, but good matchups nonetheless. Corner that, kick. That's it? That's it for the corner kick? That was a good one. That's it. That was a good one. All right. Because there wasn't much. It was just... <laughs> All right, we'll end it up here. We got our, some throw-ins, uh, some baseball talk. Hell of a hell of a Brewers game yesterday, huh? It was quite the Brewers game. Uh, they were down five to two uh, in the eighth inning. Bases loaded. Yelich lines out, gets robbed of a double by Goldschmidt. I turn it off in disgust, <laughs> and then I look at my oh, no. phone and oh, go, no. and they have runners on first and second, and one out. I think it was, and then. Escobar's up to bat. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll turn it back on. And I turn it on just in time to see him walk. Two pitches later, uh, Vogelback hits a walk-off grand slam on a 1-0 pitch just right down the middle. It was amazing. That's and, pretty wild. Uh, it, you know, and against the Cardinals in September, um, just grabbing a – a victory away from them. Uh, Brewers went up to an 11-game lead in the division. They're losing now, so um, to the to the Phillies. But that's their largest division lead ever, and obviously hurts uh, the Cardinals' chances in the wild card. So just wins all around yesterday. It was such a great feeling um, to to see the end of that game and and see. I mean, a walk-off grand slam, absolutely yeah. incredible, absolutely electric, nice. All right. Uh, anything baseball for you, Marlo, in our thrones? Uh, nope. All right. Nope. Uh, other throw in golf. Uh, Cantlay outlasts uh, John Rahm to win. Uh, I wrote the FedEx Cup, but whatever tournament it was yesterday, <laughs> he also won the FedEx Cup with his fourth win of the year. Um, it was a really impressive, uh, I guess. I watched this, I turned it on after the, the Brewers game. So um, I watched the, it was the, uh, Players Championship or whatever the Tour Championship, Tour Championship. There we go. Uh, he finished at minus twenty one. Ram minus twenty uh, wins fifty million dollars. He had won fourteen million dollars coming into this year in his career, so he had won as much in this one um, one contest, I guess, as he did going into it. Um, yeah, it was a really fun down the stretch. Uh, just him and Ram just. Making shot after shot, uh, Rom pushing him can't lay up to it. It was really cool. All right. And as as far as names in golf for this year, these were probably the two best golfers this year. And just to see him kind of it come down to them in this was was really exciting. There you go. There it is. That was that was the that's other it. throw-ins, Marlo. That's it. I don't. I, I have no throw-ins <laughs> this week. I was just consumed just, by football. football um, yeah. Nothing else mattered. There's football tonight, Marlo. There is football tonight. We didn't mention that. Um, we'll watch it. Yeah, we'll definitely watch Probably it. Probably won't talk about it because it's Louisville versus like Mississippi State or something. Yeah, yeah. It'll get lost in the weeds, but I'll still watch it. I'm gonna yeah, watch it's, probably, it. it's probably not. I'm just saying, I'm just letting the listeners know, Marlo. It's probably not going to make the show next week. Yeah, but we'll watch it. We'll watch it. All right. Well, that's going to be it for me, myself. Um, as always, guys, 
Go ahead and like, subscribe, share with your friends if this brings you joy. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Oh, I forgot to mention. I did find out. I am. Or I was reminded. I'm not allergic to bee stings. I got oh. stung by a bee. Nice. Kids keep leaving the screen door open. You know, oh. part of the windows being open. Keep yep. leaving the screen door open. B came inside, and I did the whole like, you know, oh, don't bother it, it won't bother you. Yeah. Even though I was, I w- was holding a fly swatter. Yep. But I was, you know, calmly holding the fly swatter, mm-hmm. and then he just stung me in the knee. That little, little unprovoked, unprovoked. Jeez. Sure, I was holding the fly swatter. My Bees life. these days. Right in the side of the knee, but not allergic. I was fine. Just stung, you know, stung as the stinger would. Um, freaking bees. All right. Uh, that's all I got. I don't know why. I just <laughs> felt like telling that story. But um, I, don't, I don't know why it popped in my head. But there we go. Well, thanks for listening to that story. <laughs> and until next time, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.